So yeah, the good thing was, uh, you know, we recently sold the company out uh, to BNI and BNI acquired this company uh, recently. So they are the digital wing and uh, yeah, so it's, it, we had a good exit uh, recently. Yeah. You know, that's fantastic. And so I'm actually working on something now called built for exit. And the idea is that you are able to step out as a business owner and own the business, take a vacation if you want, get your kind of time back. Because once you've built something for an exit, the company is buyable by somebody else. If you're the linchpin at the top of that thing, and it's just your hours and your back that it's on, nobody yeah. wants to buy that. So here's the big question. Have you ever been so financially frustrated from years of poor financial decisions only to wonder why didn't they teach me in school anything about how to manage money? I've spent the last 20 years learning the secrets to how money really works and how to use it to get financially free on a goal to retire early. I've realized how much of an impact we could have on the world by teaching financial literacy, entrepreneurship, and a successful mindset. Join me as I interview some of the world's most successful business owners, coaches, and parents to get them to share their secrets on how you can not only learn, but teach these lessons to your kids to become financially free and impact your children's financial trajectory so they can avoid the frustration and go on to do great things. I'm Cody Laughlin, and this is the Money Talkers Podcast. Welcome back to Money Talkers with your host, Cody Laughlin. I am here with a special guest all the way from South India. I am here with Siddharth Rodshaker. And uh, Sids is what he really goes by. And he's a musician turned digital geek. For the last seven years, Sids has been running a digital agency that he's represented clients like Robert Kiyosaki, Jack Canfield, Tony Robbins, and a ton more. He's the creator of the Freedom Business Model and is on a mission to create 1 million digital leaders. Uh, he currently nurtures one of India's largest tribe of coaches and experts and who are also building out their digital ecosystem. So with that, welcome to Money Talker, Sids. Great to be here, Cody. Yeah. Well, listen, I want to dive in with you. Um, tell me how a musician and what kind of music and then how you turned into uh, this digital marketing master. Yeah, it all started off uh, when I failed my 12th grade. You know, I scored 28% in my maths board exams. Uh, calculus never went into my head. You know, when I would see the integration symbol, my brain would just switch off. And I still remember the day before giving my maths board exams, I was actually in a snooker parlor. I used to be playing a lot of snooker and pool and stuff. And I was never interested in the typical education, you know, system. You know, I was, I was an outstanding student. I was always standing outside plus. So that was my background. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, so after failing my 12th, um, I, I was thinking to myself, like, what am I really good at? And I've been playing keyboard since the age of 10. And that was the only talent that I, that I really had. So I found a course in uh, sound engineering back in 2001. This is like close to like 10 years ago, uh, sorry, 20 years ago, 19 years now. And I did a course in sound engineering. And in that course, I had scored uh, 92%. You know, I, I was a topper there because I really loved what I was doing. And uh, that, Institute recruited me back to start teaching. So I've been teaching since the age of 19 and that was my first job. And I never went, uh, went back to get any degree after that. So I don't have, I'm not a graduate even till today. And it just, uh, evolved from that point of time. So went to the music industry, was teaching for a few years, 
Uh, then I went into the mobile uh, industry. I used to make ringtones for mobile phones uh, back in the day when the polyphonic ringtones, the MIDI ringtones. I used to make music for games. And that evolved into, into the digital industry. In 2009, uh, I launched an album online along with my wife. My wife, uh, she was an Indian Idol finalist in 2006, top 12. And we got married uh, in 2008. So in 2009, we both you know, produced an album from our home studio. Like I have a home studio, I make music even now. And we independently launched on iTunes. And for the first time in my life, I experienced uh, you know, over 5,000 people who showed interest in our album and around 800 people bought my album for $10 uh, within a span of a few months. And I was still working in a job at that point of time. And I was like, wow, this internet thing is, is something, you know, and many of my friends in the music industry were still struggling. You know, they were getting to the record labels. And uh, 2011, when I, when I lost my job, I decided then that, okay, I'm going to get into the digital world. Uh, took a six year, uh, sorry, a six month uh, sabbatical started to consume a lot of courses and uh, that's what got me into this journey. So it's like, a, it's like an Alice in Wonderland story. Never knew I would be in the space, uh, just kept evolving. And the only thing that was consistent was like, uh, if I really loved what I was doing, if I was really passionate about something, I just like to go deep into it. So musician turned digital agency owner for a few years. And then the last two years, I was, uh, I again transitioned into the digital product-based model rather than a services-based model. Yeah. So that's been the journey. Man, that's pretty cool. It, uh, just keep going and find the things that you love. Right. And that's the kind of the yeah. ch chase the things that you love. If you're going to chase, you got to chase something. Right. And so you might as well Absolutely. chase what you love. <laughs> and so, so tell me what, so as you transitioned in and you went into digital ad space, I mean, because you've got some big names on your, on your resume, right? Mm. So how did you go from musician, you know, direct consumer uh, albums. And then all of a sudden you're working with guys like Robert Kiyosaki and Tony Robbins. I mean, these are, these are yeah. massive digital figures. Yes. I mean, it was uh, definitely to the connections that we had built initially. So when I started my agency, uh, I got into BNI and uh, you know, I used to attend all the BNI meetings and uh, through that, there was an opportunity where I got linked with a person who was bringing down uh, Robert Kiyosaki for the first time uh, to India. And we were an agency at that point. We just, we had, we'd run a few campaigns and we got the opportunity to run the first uh, campaign to fill a room of over 2000 people uh, in Bangalore, Robert Kiyosaki's first uh, event that came in. And we did a great campaign, uh, good success. We ran Facebook ads and then we got introduced to success resources and you know, Singapore, they run, they basically promote Tony's events uh, outside of the U S all the, all Tony's events. Who was it? Uh, Tony Robbins, all of Tony Robbins' events, which, which, uh, so success resources. Success they, resources. Are, uh, they are one of the world's largest event uh, organizers uh, outside of the US. So we got introduced to them through this connection. And then one project after the next, we did three, three years uh, of Unleash the Power Within event, uh, promoting Tony's London event uh, through success resources. We were one of the vendors and uh, yeah, generated tons of leads, filling up rooms. And it, it was a good run. So Tony Robbins, uh, Robert Kiyosaki, Jack Canfield, Brian Tracy, uh, Dr. John D. Martini, like any of them coming to India, we would do the, the promotions for that because we, we had gained an expertise in, in that specific uh, area. That's awesome, man. And so you said that you pivoted kind of there at the end and said the last couple of years, you've turned into more of a digital products piece. And so yeah. you're not necessarily just service built. What was the reason behind that? 
What was the driving uh, force? Yeah, the driving force behind that was uh, see, I was running an agency with 35 employees and uh, with the, with my business partner. And after six years into the business, I felt a sense of vacuum. Like even though we had done big campaigns for these big names, uh, I felt that I was getting back to the drawing, getting back to ground zero. Like there would, there would be a churn in clients, churn of people, and money was there, but I was not fulfilled. It it was like I was just running the hamster wheel. Like why am I doing this? I, I did not have freedom. Uh, my, my second child was about to be born and I wanted to spend more time with family. I didn't want to keep hustling like this for a long time. And then I, I decided, okay, the services business, the scalability is there. There's good potential. If you know, especially with the, the brands that you worked with, the one option, one path that I could have taken was scale that up big time and move it in that direction. But I consciously decided to take a step back, uh, mainly for the lifestyle. No, I wanted to spend more time with family and I decided to move to a product-based business. And, uh, you know, that was a decision. It was more, more for spending more time with family and having more freedom rather than just hustling because I've been doing that for six years con continuously and it just felt like, okay, not, not another year doing the same thing. Yeah. Well, at least you made that decision. I find that as I talk to a lot of very successful entrepreneurs and just entrepreneurs in general, they either get, mm. they get trapped a lot of times. And so, um, as they're going through that cycle, a lot of people start their own company because they're like, wow, I want to make a lot more money. And then you yeah. get in and you realize that the, the resource you have to trade for that a lot of times is time until mm. you can learn how to step out and be the one who's actually a business owner as opposed to being a self-employed in person. Right. And so and what happens is like, as the company experience, you know, growth and excitement, and it's a lot of fun. And then all of a sudden it'll reach a point where the fun kind of goes away. And you realize like the more hour you just like you pile on more and more hours. And then you, a lot of times you're not even taking home more money. You might have more revenues, but a lot yes. of times that there's a peak, mm -hmm. like there's a piece that where it stops being beneficial. And, mm -hmm. uh, and at that point, a lot of times people get stuck there and they don't have yes. the, they don't have the, uh, the gumption to say, Hey, look, you know, mm -hmm. I I'm, I'm going to step back. It happened to me, you know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, and the same thing for me is I wanted my time back because I wanted to spend it with my kids. Yes. If I didn't have kids, I probably would have, I may, I may have never been able to realize and take that step out and say, well, I'm going to go do something again. You know? Yes. Did you find that? Did you find those conversations going on in your head? Oh yeah, absolutely. It was mainly the family, the second child coming and see, I started my business because, you know, I wanted to be my own boss, but I ended up having 35 bosses. You know, because I would get calls from that. Even though I have a team, I had the second line, everyone was running the, the, the execution, but still, you know, the call would come, you know, why is this not working? Why is that not working? And, you know, it's in, in an agency model, it's always about managing the expectations. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we've, we've done some great campaigns. Well, it's a still, balance too, right? Because yeah. you got to sell, you got to sell that you're going to do awesome, but then you got to manage yeah. the expectations of like, hey, this, yes. this might not be your awesome. We got to, you know, and it's, uh, there's always that kind of balance, right? Yes. And I kept playing that balancing game for so many years. And I thought, okay, I mean, I'm not going to do this for the rest of my life. I got to like shift right now. Uh, and I need to reset my priorities. So yeah, the good thing was, uh, you know, we recently sold the company out uh, to BNI and BNI acquired this company uh, recently. So they are the digital wing and uh, yeah, so it's, it, we had a good exit uh, recently. Yeah. You know, that's fantastic. And so I'm actually working on something now called built for exit. And the idea is that you are able to step out as a business owner and own the business, take a vacation if you want, get your kind of time back. Because once you've built something for an exit, 
the company is buyable by somebody else. If you're the linchpin at the top of that thing and it's just your mm. hours and your back that it's on, nobody yeah. wants to buy that. <laughs> so, but it's also yes. not the right way to run a company. True. And so I find those two things to be tied together. And as I've gone through that, and you said it's been two years, right? Mm. And so yes. I, it, we, it took us about two and a half years to figure it out to be viable mm. um, the first time. And, mm. uh, and, and it was a much different way to look at the business you know, I had a buyer come in and they actually, they made an offer and then they stopped and they said, no, we're not going to buy this. And they said, why? And they said, well, because you're, you're too valuable to that company. And we, if we buy this, mm. we want you to go do what you do at other, at our other locations. Like we're buying yeah. it so that you, and if we pull you out of here, it's going to fail. Mm. And it really changed my mindset on thinking about, you know, how a business should run and that mm. it could be interchangeable without a linchpin at the top. You know, Absolutely. Mm. and I was wondering, so when your experience of going through the purchase out on those kind of things, like what, what was that? What was your, what was, uh, what's your, what's your thought process of going through the business uh, sale uh, process? Yeah, it was a quite an interesting phase because there was a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of conversations on every detail of the business. And I have to thank my business partner, uh, Mina. She was the one who actually went through that entire process. So uh, between both of us, I was the more the technology strategic guy and she was the, the people and the numbers and the finance. So she had a great hold on the numbers on every aspect of the business. And, uh, and in fact, I would say 80-90% of the conversations on the entire exit uh, on the deal was done by her. And I had to just, you know, be there to share, uh, you know, very small data points on the technology piece. So I used to be, I, I'm more of a systems guy. So I used to be building systems to automate things processes on, on every aspect of the execution. So all those things were plugged in and uh, yeah. So doing the whole conversation of the buyout, yeah. they were looking at all these details, like what, what's, what's really creating the leverage in, inside the business. Did you have any moments where they asked a question and you were like, just kind of caught in the middle of it and was like, I can't believe we've never thought about that. <laughs> we, I'm sure we had some I, moments along the way where, you know, we we're like, well, why do you do this? And I'm like, we're just kind of sitting there like, I don't know why we do that. <laughs> it doesn't seem, it's always, it's always different. And I find that's what I find valuable about coaching mm. people. Right. Yeah. Is that that third party set of eyes to look into your business when you're yes. that same, like you can't see the forest among the trees. Like when you're the business owner and you're, you're running that day to day and you're running fast and you're, you're working on what's urgent a lot of times and what's mm -hmm. unimportant and what's important, but you're not working on the pieces of the business that would literally trans, you know, transform the business into a machine. You know, like you talk about systems and pieces and like when you go mm -hmm. through sale, you have to build a lot of that stuff. Yes. But if you had built a lot of that stuff in the beginning, it would have stopped a whole lot of problems on the other side. And so mm. um, are you sure. finding that yourself as you go through this kind of new chapter uh, mm. in the products, in the info products business, are you finding yourself looking at it differently with those experiences? Uh, definitely. It's all added up to making a different set of decisions. Like, because we've been through the, some decisions that we made in the past where it really did not give freedom. So for me now, whatever decision I make, it has to lead to, freedom and, uh, and leverage and, and more scalability. It makes, so, you yeah, think, it, it makes you think better, doesn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and it also, uh, I mean, before it used to be like, I should say yes to everything, like whatever comes my way, you know, it's like, okay, let's, let's do it. But now uh, I have to look at the second, third, fourth degree consequences of that one decision and then go and make that decision. So there's a lot more thinking that goes on before saying a yes. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. 
And so as you're kind of building this now um, with your, with, uh, tell me about like the freedom business model. So the freedom business model is, uh, it's a concept where I wanted to you know, build a, an entire information based business, which encompasses the four C's. You know, I have the four C model, which is courses, there's coaching, there's consulting, and there's collaborations. So under courses, uh, I have a methodology that I've developed on how people can build information products uh, in a in a two-layer format. So the first layer is a conceptual layer, and a second layer is a, an implementation layer. So for example, if somebody is a is a video marketing expert, uh, their basic course can cover all the concepts of video marketing, and their next level course can have an actual challenge where people can go out there market using the techniques and generate more sales. So that's the first piece of the entire puzzle, which is to develop courses. Now, as people are going through the courses, uh, they may also need coaching. So under coaching, there are again two segments over there. Uh, there's a one-to-one -one coaching segment and there's a group coaching format. So the freedom business model is where I actually help people identify their niche. I help them design their curriculum into these four different components, which is courses, coaching, Consulting is more like long-term in case they need to handhold a business for a longer term and collaborations in, in terms of JV partnerships, affiliate marketing, and other streams of income that can be built into the, into the, into the ecosystem. So yeah, in a nutshell, that's what the freedom business model is on how people can take their expertise and engineer uh, a super powerful, profitable business in all these four areas. Where do you, um, so do you start majority of the time through doing courses to get people to the coaching? Yes. Yeah. So the courses is a, is a leverage point because you're just selling a product. You're not selling your time. And through that you filter out and you pick and work with people you really want to work with in, in terms of your one-to-one -one or a group coaching format. Yeah. So a lot of the people that we're talking to that are going to be listening to this podcast are going to be listening as parents thinking about, you know, how to talk to their kids about money, about entrepreneurship. And this is really the self-education business uh, that mm -hmm. we're kind of talking about here is kind of on the precipice of an explosion. You know, it has yes. been over the last several years. Uh, mm -hmm. I think, I think uh, this, this pandemic has helped to fuel the idea that we can do these things that we can learn from experts, not just from textbooks. Right. Yes. And um, so when you go into this and let's say you have somebody who's new um, and they want to be a business coach, um, they've uh, they don't know where to start though. And so when you go to start going through the coursework, like what, what do you suggest for them to be able to identify who they can help and, and what they should be helping with. Yeah, it's, it's a great question. And I have a, a structure to this, which I would love to share. See, uh, like you rightly mentioned, uh, the entire education system is being completely revamped, especially after the pandemic, like schools are going online, colleges are going online. And even though teachers, I have many teachers in my community, like maths teachers, physics teachers, who are teaching like regular school subjects, who, are, who have lost their job, I mean, who don't have a, a means to continue with the education system. And now they're beginning to build their own uh, online ecosystems of their own. So uh, the first point I want to mention is uh, this entire self-education is going to be the future. I mean, Forbes magazine has predicted this to become a $325 billion industry by 2025. So this is on the rise. But having said that, uh, most people don't understand how to approach this. 
uh, on how to select what to teach and how to bring it out in the right way. So the structure goes like this. So I tell people in my community that there are only uh, six problems that people face. And if you can solve one of these six problems, uh, you can actually deliver a, like a much bigger impact on your audience. And there's an audience that's ready to buy your knowledge in the form of courses or coaching. The first problem are business problems. So if you are in the business growth niche, that's a great niche to get in. And, uh, but the key here is not to just call yourself as a business coach, which is, which used to work, but, uh, what really works into the future. If you have to look into the future is you have to go narrow it down. Like for example, I'll give you three options and you can tell me which is better. So option number one, uh, hi, I'm Siddharth Rajshaker. I'm a business coach and I can help businesses grow. Option number two, hi, I'm Siddharth Rajshaker. I'm a sales expert and I can help businesses increase their sales. You know, it's a little bit more specific option. Number three, hi, I'm Siddharth Rajshaker. I'm a video sales expert and I can help businesses increase their sales using the power of videos. Now that's like micro niche, like it's more laser pointed. So as I guide people through the process, I tell them that you cannot be a generalist. You have to go more special specialization. I mean, you need to become a specialist. And uh, the first area is business growth. The second area of the problem to solve is uh, career growth. Like a lot of people are losing jobs. And that is another potential area. So under career growth, there are again, two segments. We have people working in jobs who want to, up, you know, get a better salary. They want to like get a better pay package. They want to be more relevant in the workplace. And that's one target market. And under career growth, there's a second uh, division, which is, which are the students, you know, students who are studying in school in college. So teachers who want to teach their subjects online, they also would fall under this bucket of career growth. The third, area or uh, the third niche uh, macro niche is uh, you know health and wellness you know under this there are many subtopics you know how to lose weight uh, obesity blood pressure diabetes and there are so many different health issues that people have for which there are solutions and again uh, i give two approaches for my students one is they can go with a problem focused approach so they can create courses coaching consulting around a specific problem like obesity and create a system around that or they could go with a method focused approach for example, yoga is a method, intermittent fasting is a method, nutrition is a method. There are different methods to become healthy. So they create courses and coaching consulting around that. Uh, the fourth bucket is uh, make money, you know, wealth. And uh, that's a different category. So how to make money through real estate, through insurance, through cryptocurrency, and all of that comes under that fourth category. The fifth problem that pe people face are uh, relationship problems, you know, marriages, uh, parenting, that's all of those people relationship based topics would fall under that category. And number six, which I've seen growing a lot right now, especially here in India is uh, creativity problems like arts and crafts. Uh, we have people who are learning music online. They want to learn painting online. They want to learn martial arts online, everything in, especially after the pandemic, everything's moving this direction. So just to recap, I tell my students, you got to pick one of the six problems that you want to solve, whether it's a business problem, a career problem, a health problem, a money problem, uh, you know, a relationship problem or a creativity problem. And once you pick one of this, then you narrow it down, go deep into the micro niche, and then you start to develop your ecosystem around that. Yeah. I think that, um, the ability to narrow something down like that, um, makes it a lot easier to explain the result you'll get from what you're purchasing. Right? Yes. 
you won't be a generalist because then you'll know exactly see that there's a narrowing down in two areas so i first make people narrow down on their niche and then also narrow down on their target market and when that's clear then uh, it opens up a whole new dimension to approaching the whole curriculum design process which is the next process the next stage of you know the whole setup phase yeah. and so um once you narrow that down where are you moving on to so then i help them uh, you know design their curriculum so they have to have a, a different approach to curriculum design in fact even before they design the curriculum uh, i make them do an exercise uh, called the 100 questions exercise So I make people go into places like Quora, uh, and there's a there's also a website called AnswerThePublic.com where you can literally type any topic, and it it'll pull up uh, all the questions that people are asking pertaining to that particular topic. What was the second one? I'm, I know I use Quora, but what was the? Yeah, it's called AnswerThePublic.com. <laughs> yeah, you can just go type in any question uh, or any topic, and it'll generate a lot of questions that people are actually asking on the search engines. So I'm the the second step of the process is uh I make people generate over 100 questions that that specific target market is asking and those questions will give insights to design curriculum. It's a good hack. Yeah. <laughs> it speeds it up it, quite a bit, right? Yeah, and and I tell people it is not about how much knowledge you have, it's about how quickly you can solve the problem. Plus people what people, what it, it doesn't matter what, you know, it's what people want to know. Right. Absolutely. Kind of changing that mindset. Yes. Well, that's amazing. I, um, I, I, so what have you gone to tackle? What are, what are you focusing on? Uh, can Is that basically that to, to bring the people to be able to now have the, um, mm. framework to be able to, yeah. to be their expertise. Yeah. Yeah. So, So my entire journey is I make them find their niche, then I help them design the curriculum, and once that is clear, I help them set up all their systems. So they need to have their basic website, their learning management system, they need to have their email marketing system, their webinar system, and then the fourth part of the puzzle is I actually uh, teach them how to market, you know, and how to uh, market it in a way which is through a community building approach where they actually build their influence. by getting more online and building their own digital tribe and then get people to webinars where they actually educate engage give a lot of value and then they sell their products so that entire end of the spectrum is covered and normally i mean it takes uh, someone uh, 90 days to get this. so m- the promise that i make is you know if you step into this into my journey today in 90 days you'll be you'll be able to sell and generate revenues and i have more than like more than 100 success stories right now really yeah. Well, that's fantastic. Can you tell me one of them that sticks out in your head? Yeah, there's this lady uh she is from uh, Mumbai. Uh she's a maths teacher and she teaches mental maths. Uh, she used to have her own uh offline tuition classes where people would come to her and of course due to the pandemic and all the situation everything had to go online. And uh so she developed a curriculum even though she had the knowledge on mental maths from the traditional uh, schooling system. Uh she had to re-engineer all of that. uh for the online space so she created courses and she also offered like a weekly uh coaching where she would answer all the questions so it's a combination of uh courses and group coaching and uh within a span of 5 months uh, she was able to achieve over 16 lakhs in indian rupees uh, in indian rup- in us dollars it would be something on the lines of uh, around 21000 dollars uh within a span of 5 months 
and she's been able to do it with just two or three people supporting her on her list and uh, now she's she has a community of over 400 to 500 uh, kids learning in her online uh, ecosystem and uh, yeah everything is she sits in one place in mumbai everything happens through zoom she has the recorded videos like which are the core concepts that she did not repeat it again and again and the weekly calls are only to clarify and answer questions and give them assignments for the week so that's yeah, awesome it's, it's, so she's yeah. completely replaced her income yeah she's replaced her income she's making much more than what she used to do in her uh, offline model in fact on my youtube channel i have a playlist called the hall of fame where i interview anyone who's done over $5000 uh, by selling their knowledge online and right now i think i've close to 100 uh, documented uh, case studies over there and many many on the way coming out so people who have never had any experience in this field uh, i did a poll recently asking asking them in my community uh, did you have any experience doing this before and more than 60% have never done this before they have started fresh and they went through the process yeah. that's awesome because that's uh it's it's kind of one of those things that when you see success you need to model after that right it's a lot easier that way than trying to yeah. completely be successful on your own with a whole new way to do things it really just it's about on the person on the other side of it and i um so i want to kind of shift real quick um you mentioned uh your second child was born um you had so do you you have two kids two kids two boys two kids two boys mm. and how old are they yeah. uh the first one is 8 and the second one is 3 okay yeah, uh, i'm i'm in a similar range i'm in 6 at 6 years old boy and 9 year old girl and i um nice so i wonder um <laughs> why i tell people it was really funny is i had to explain tv to my son right mm. because he'd never he didn't never seen a commercial he never knew like changing channels and he's just used to netflix and or disney yes. plus or whatever right mm. and so um i wonder thinking about like in the future economies for them um one what kind of strategies do you use at home as a systems guy right so you can't really mm. turn that off you can't just use that at work <laughs> and then not at home i'm sure yeah. so uh what kind of strategies are you using with them to teach them about do you talk to them about entrepreneurship do you talk to them about money um oh yes you know? yes uh definitely with my 8 year old we've been having uh, some really nice conversations on a daily basis uh so last week we were just talking about i was asking okay what do you want to what do you want from life and because now he's old enough you know to have that conversation so yeah his thing was yes i want to be a millionaire when i'm 14 okay so okay fine 14 you want to be a millionaire okay so what do, how can you do that <laughs> yeah. got, yeah. that's awesome <laughs> yeah so he's 8 now okay yeah. so then i asked him how can we do this so we actually made a plan on a white sheet of paper we just put together okay so i asked him what's what is the first step that we need to do so he said uh, i need to prepare great so i put prepare over there and uh, then i said uh, okay then what is the next step after preparing he needs to start he said i need to start uh, building something I, i i need to learn about uh, you know products i need to, because he's you know whenever i do webinars he's sitting in the room he's actually watching me do my sales pitch and all that stuff so he he's even it's co- consciously and subconsciously he knows it's, it's almost scary how much they take in right like yes. you, you would have never known unless you asked the question you're all of a sudden you're like wait yeah. a minute <laughs> yes i, I it always surprises me like you know what what is absorbing so he said first prepare then you got to build and then uh, then the third piece is like uh, then you have to you need to then sell and then then you got to you know harvest so then uh, then we went to this conversation of uh, you know and comparing it with uh, you know planting a seed nurturing the seed letting it grow and then you harvest the plant so then he made his own timeline okay so for next two years i'm going to prepare 
and asked him, what do you want to prepare? He said, I need to uh, learn more about, uh, he, he was very, very clear. He said, I want to learn uh, Vedic maths because he needs to get the hold of numbers. Uh, he wants to learn uh, uh, communication in English, you know, on a more fluent basis. So in essence, we were just putting together like a curriculum on what he needs to prepare in order to achieve that goal, like uh, in the next uh, six years. So in the next stage, when it comes to building, what should he build? So he's been looking at my conversation. Okay, he wants to build some product or he wants to you know, get more active on YouTube, maybe have some merchandise. You know, He's looking at all the YouTubers. So yeah. that was his inspiration. And then uh, yeah, when it comes to harvesting and reinvesting, so we're, all, we're also talking about money and you know, how to manage the money. And I also been uh, influenced by T. Harbecker's uh, you know, JAR principle. And I also have like a proper man money management system that we follow. So we were having even those conversations. So yeah, it's, it, it's amazing to see how uh, you know, children are able to pick this up. And for me, uh, I'm definitely an offbeat parent uh, even I, both me and my wife, we do not, we are not putting him in the traditional education system. He's going through Montessori, but we want to, you know, nurture him to become, um, you know, to start his own business. I mean, that's, yeah. uh, that's, that's the way they should be the, in, the whole aspect of independence and being able to understand that entrepreneurship is about adding value and solving problems. So that thought process is there. Yeah. And besides that, uh, we have a lot of fun gaming together. So father and son, we have, yeah, we do a PS4, we do a gaming together. So, I also want, want him to think in terms of the strategic thinking, solving problems, you know, going through different levels and conquering them and that achievement. So all of these subtle things uh, are happening on a daily basis in our family. That's awesome. I, um, I always wonder as entrepreneurs, um, whether we, I know that we influence our kids, obviously, and the way mm. we think and talk and those kinds of things. And so I always kind of wonder, as I talk to entrepreneurial parents, for the most part, um, they'll say at least one of their kids is definitely going to be an entrepreneur. A lot of times mm -hmm. they'll say, well, this one, you know, my, my oldest is, is all about it. My middle one, probably not, you know, they want to do mm -hmm. schooling and traditional. And, and it's kind of weird because, but I, I mm -hmm. wonder if we either a recognize it or we have this kind of peace inside of us that wants it there. Right. <laughs> Cause we, we, as, as being, being a problem solving thinking person, we recognize that it's fun to do that with our kids, right? And yes. so uh, I, I just always kind of wonder if it's if it's already kind of if it's been passed through us to them, or if it's mm -hmm. something that we see and we encourage, and, and that's just what we foster, you know. Mm -hmm. I think it's a combination of both. It's it's the environment also that influences them, and uh, especially in my case, you know, I love to have him sit during my webinars. I do like a ninety-minute, two-hour webinar. And whatever I'm sharing, he's just sitting in, he, like he's playing, he's just looking at something, he's playing some game, but he, it's processing. Whatever I'm saying is processing. And then later on, when I ask him some question or just some random conversation over dinner table, you know, I'm, I'm amazed at what he's picked up, which I never thought, you know, that he's picked up. And, and I'm glad that uh, this is the way of the future. I'm, and I think more and more parents uh, need to probably think on, on these lines, on what that foundation can be, what's the value system that they can set. So that they can, you know, have independent uh, value creating next generation. I think that teaching thinking as opposed to thinking facts is such a big critical difference though. Mm, you yes. know, I know that there were a lot of tests that I got good grades on, but I couldn't tell you the answers to those questions anymore, you know, <laughs> but uh, the ability to think quickly and to be, look for problems and solve them is, I, I think it's such a more critical skill 
And that's yes. kind of one of the things as you've kind of talked about, you know, the schooling piece, the traditional schooling uh, is only one way that we can teach, you know, it's a, it's not, and it's not for everybody, you know, and you, yes. you kind of mentioned that in the beginning that you, you, you know, you're like, look, I school just didn't get there for me, but here you are. Mm. Now you're a teacher. Yeah. Right. There's the and irony, I many, right? I have many teachers in my community who are transitioning from, <laughs> from that into this. Yeah. There's probably somebody from your high school you'd like to say hi to right now, right? The old guidance counselor yeah. or whatever they call them. Might know. <laughs> no, the, the interesting thing is uh, I lost my job in 2011 and my boss who gave me the pink slip, he's in my community right now and he's doing really well as a consultant <laughs> following my, my, my model. So it's like, yeah. That's awesome. That, that's awesome. That, I love that, <laughs> that piece. And so, um, well, listen, Sisman, this has been uh, a great talk, man. I really appreciate uh, you coming on Money Talkers with us. Listen, if there's somebody listening right now, um, you know, will your program work just for adults? Or is maybe this is, you know, I was kind of thinking this as you were talking about with your son. He was like, well, what kind of product do I want to do? Mm. That might be the product, which is him developing you know you're doing this for a lot of adults but maybe him developing to his his age group of yeah. look how can i build things when i'm doing this mm. as a program you know um and documenting his journey and some struggles and those kinds of things and so mm. um if there's people listening to this and they're uh, they're interested in, in in your program and what you guys are doing uh where do they find out more about you i think the first place to connect with me is on my youtube channel uh you know have more than I think 66,000 subscribers there. And I keep launching a lot of in-depth training videos on a daily basis, like at least 20, 30 minute videos. It's not like just some surface level stuff. I do a lot of research. So I would love to have uh, anyone of you listening to subscribe to my YouTube channel. Just search for, name, for my name, Siddharth Rajshaker. And, uh, and the other place is, uh, you know, I have a free gift uh, to give to your audience, which is my course called the Freedom Business Blueprint. It's a blueprint course, it's 11 part videos where I actually lay out the entire structure. Uh, and if you want to get your hands on that, it's, uh, you can go to this link, sids.co, S-I-D-Z dot C-O slash blueprint. And uh, you can access that course for free. It's a $97 course, but I've applied a coupon code for, for the listeners of here. Yeah. Awesome. Well, what I'll do is, uh, so that's S-I-D-Z dot co forward slash blueprint. Perfect. That's the link. All right, cool. I'll also put that in the show notes as a link to it. And uh, man, I, I love what you're doing with your community and with your family. It sounds like pretty awesome conversations you're having. And so thanks again for coming on Money Talkers with me. Thank you, Cody. It was, was great. Yeah. Thank you for listening to another episode of Money Talkers with me, your host, Cody Laughlin. If you found this episode helpful in your pursuit of financial dominance, it really helps if you make sure to leave a five-star rating and share it with your friends or family members who could use good financial information and entrepreneurial success tips. I invite you to join the Money Talkers community Facebook group. Open Facebook and search for Money Talkers to join today. Follow us on Instagram at the Money Talkers for inspirational mindset posts, encouragement, and investing tips. And remember, the one thing you can do to change your kids financial future is to start talking about money with them because you are a money talker